0: This is Truth Talks.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to the Truth Talks podcast. I'm your host, Buddy Boone. Thank you all for tuning in with us today. And uh, I got two folks with me sitting at the table. One you already know and hopefully love. Uh, This is Pastor Matt White from Bellcroft Bible Church. How are you doing today, sir? I'm
2: doing really good, buddy. Good,
1: good. Good to have you here, man. Always and
2: always a blessing to be with you and to have James with us. Yeah. Makes makes a blessing even better. So
1: I guess you're the co host now? No. no you're, you're nope.
2: Introducing them? Go ahead, nope. introduce him. Nope. I can't, man. I'm not taking your job because I can't do it half as good as you do. <laughs> you got the voice for radio, well, you got the mind for radio. Man, you just you're just the man. Go ahead and introduce him. Go ahead and introduce Deacon James. James. Deacon James. Yeah. Yeah, we're so glad to have James, James Douglas, with us today, Deacon, I should Deacon be Extraordinaire, <laughs> Master. i better, better at fixing people's plumbing. master plumber, <laughs> master servant, whatever you need fixed. Yes, James, I will definitely Comes running be with the joy of Christ on his heart. I try. He, I try. He is a minister of mercy par excellence. Yeah, the Lord is changing his life, guiding his his family transforming his home and it is exciting to watch good and he's got a phenomenal wife yes which is uh, uh, probably one of god's greatest blessings in his life besides christ yeah how was that for an introduction that was great yeah that was great it's not as good. Probably more than what people wanted to know, except
0: for part about my wife. But Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you so. married up. <laughs> yes, I did. It's, it shows how smart you are.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Good, good. Well- How'd I do? You, you do you do very well. I'll, I'm, I'll, I'm very proud. You're learning I, me. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm, you're going to learn t- today. All right. <laughs> so- so this is what we got. Uh, as we stay out, stare out the windows uh, <laughs> here at, uh, <laughs> that's an inside joke. Uh, you know, you all probably know by now. Matt is from uh, West Virginia, almost heaven. Uh, they have uh, they have a, a very interesting way of saying things. And I was sharing how my Absolutely. my grandmother's from, from Mississippi, and uh, she would tell me to wrench around and wrench stuff off all the time. <laughs> <laughs> just the country is a sugar sandwich. Just, just country. That's so. Uh, yeah, and uh, a I. Blessing. Yeah, it is. It is. It is I a blessing. love being country. Yep, <laughs> especially in DC. Yeah, you, you also, but you all don't notice. In his office, there is a deer head. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a deer head. He he loves to hunt and uh, uh, and fish men. That's that, that's what he does. I'm he's bringing he's a, culture to the city, bro. There you go. There you go. So uh, actually what we're talking about today is something that is uh, not light at all. Uh, We are actually going to be discussing something that you have probably already heard of in some sense. And uh, we're going to bring a biblical perspective to it and uh, understanding to it so we can understand what is actually going on. So many of you all have learned uh, in the last uh, couple of weeks that a very influential person uh in the uh in the christian world uh has actually gone completely apostate and now he is actually participating in a few activities that you know in you well know, what 10 years ago that would have never even crossed anybody's mind mm. uh but now it is a mainstream thing that he's doing and not just doing it Uh, secretly, but also posting some things online on Twitter, uh, especially about it. This person actually is named Joshua Harris. He uh, was a pastor uh, actually here in Maryland for uh, a few years. He wrote a a very, very successful book called I Kiss Dating Goodbye. And uh, for a while, he was uh, a very loud voice when it comes to relationships and some other things. Uh, But he has actually denounced Jesus Mm -hmm. uh, publicly. And uh, this is one of those things where now, you know, Pastor Matt, I want to get your biblical perspective on this. And when this happens, you know, what do we as the body of Christ do? What do we say? How do we respond? Mm -hmm. Is there a response? Mm -hmm. Um, Are we biblically mandated to do something uh, in this entire uh, situation. So mm-hmm.
2: Shepard, what do we do? Yeah. Well, a couple of things is the first thing we do is not overreact. Okay. That's probably what I've seen, uh, sadly most often. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can do that in multiple ways. Uh, generally we, we overreact by, uh, and you can tell you're overreacting. If you start to doubt your own faith, if you start to be discouraged over this, It's one thing to be saddened over it. I think we should be saddened, and if you're not, that's probably uh, a red light that something's wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we should, every time we see this, it should sadden us. It should uh, uh, really, uh, Mm -hmm. compassion should well up in our heart because um, at the end of the day, all that uh, Joshua Harris has just proven is that he's on his way to hell, Mm -hmm. and that should sadden us. It Mm -hmm. saddens me. And so we shouldn't overreact and and, uh, maliciously start gossiping and talking and cutting him down or whatever it is that is so often the case and mocking him or whatever, you know, quoting what he said and now what he's doing or whatever, because that's not going to help anybody Mm -hmm. if we're honest. What we should be doing is praying for his soul Mm -hmm. because his soul is in the depths of, of sin and darkness and in the clutches of Satan and He is headed down a one-way street called disaster, Mm -hmm. right? It's going to end in eternal punishment in hell forever, and that should break our hearts, Mm -hmm. and we should weep for him and pray for him because uh, he uh, clearly um, is unregenerate and unsaved and therefore uh, has the judgment of God hanging over his head, and that should scare all of us Mm -hmm. for him. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that should be really our first response, is to be saddened for him, and uh, pray for his soul but we should also not be surprised and this is where the immaturity of the contemporary church is often so clearly seen in situations like this almost immediately my phone started you know filling up with texts and emails and whatever you know pastor what do you think about this what you know i'm discouraged blah 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 and it's just like you know what my response was always the same you know i'm saddened but not surprised Hmm. And I don't know Joshua Harris at all. Mm-hmm. His church literally was just down the street from ours by way of here in Maryland. It wasn't that far away. I knew of him. I knew about his, the, his, the books that he wrote. And, you know, he's a famous, famous uh, evangelical preacher, you know, so to speak, at one time. But, um, you know, I didn't, I haven't read any of his books because just didn't really feel the need to mm-hmm. because they did not appeal to me on, for multiple reasons. But still, I mean, they were popular books and, quote, unquote, helped many people. Um, but at the end of the day, um, it didn't surprise me because, and here's why we have this podcast, because the truth of God's Word speaks so clearly about this. Hmm. It's throughout the Scriptures, especially in the New Testament. Jesus himself spoke incessantly about this. It's in almost every New Testament letter that this reality of apostasy this reality of false followers this mm-hmm. reality of duplicitous disciples this mm-hmm. reality of hypocrisy this reality of false faith i mean how many more synonymous titles pa- you know paraphrases do you want me to add to mm-hmm. it right the bible is crystal clear that there will be many who will say lord lord there will be many who will follow christ there will be many who will call themselves christians but in the end they will prove to be they will prove to be false followers. They mm. will prove to have no saving faith. They will prove to be children of the devil, not mm. children of light. And so um, well, ad- James has a question for you. Well, but my point Go is, ahead. if the scripture is that clear, then we should not be surprised then w- from what we see in scripture when we see it in our world. Right. OK. That's my point of not overreacting. But the fact that we overreact just says we don't know our Bible. <coughs> hmm. OK.
0: Yeah, but but what makes Joshua Harris a false follower? Or what made him a false follower? I mean, he wrote a lot of yeah. helpful things. He helped a lot of people why why would yeah. why are we now considering him in that category well i mean technically
2: he's an apostate meaning he he once was walking in the truth and he turned away from it just okay. like historically the roman catholic church would be that right they were once traditionally in church history part of the uh, apostolic church and they walked away from it and that's where we get that whole idea of apostasy uh, which literally means to walk away from truth so he would be categorized most technically as an apostate one who claimed to believe the truth, to know the truth, to mm-hmm. declare the truth, and now he denies the truth. That's 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 apostasy in its most clearest form. But it's also a mark of a false follower, right? Mm-hmm. Meaning he's not a follower now, but he was a follower right. by way of his claims. Mm-hmm. And he, all he's done over time is prove that all that he claimed to be has now been proven false. The interesting thing about him versus most people is he's come out and literally said that. He's mm-hmm. come out and said, yeah, yeah, I no longer believe that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a Christian based upon, you know, definition of Christian. So in some ways, his testimony is even uh, more helpful than others wow. because yeah. he has la- made it very clear. I no longer believe that. I'm no longer that. And so uh, in that sense, there's no question. So we're not we're not talking about him. We're not gossiping. We're literally just saying what he said mm-hmm. and trying to bring clarity for the faithful followers of Christ who are looking at this and going, how do we process that? And again, the process is focus less on him and focus more on scripture. When you go to, you know, the parables throughout Christ's life and the parable of the wheat and the tares, right. Mm -hmm. Where literally it says, Jesus says they're going to grow up together Mm -hmm. and, and, and you're not going to be able to tell what's what. Right. And uh, the reality. That's crazy. Yeah. And the angels said, you know, where did these weeds come from? Where did these tares come from in amongst the wheat Mm -hmm. and uh, and and literally um, Jesus, the devil came in and sowed those at night after, you know, the good farmer sowed the wheat seeds and they have cropped up at the same time. They're growing together. It's this mixed multitude. And the angels say, do you want us to go down and pluck them out? so that the wheat can grow healthy. Jesus says, no, don't do that because you'll tear up some of the wheat as well. You'll injure them. Just leave it and I'll, and I'll sort it out in the end, mm, yeah. which is the judgment, right? Where are the sheep and the goats, right? That's what I was going to say, the sheep and the goats. That's right? what a good one So how many yep. times does that come up in Scripture where you have the, we're getting ready to do it in, well, not getting ready, but in September, we'll be in the parable of the soil, which is one of the most important parables of uh christ and that's why mark starts out with that parable where you have the four soils right Mm -hmm. and it's the parable that sets the tone and helps you interpret all parables and it is it is the most important parable of all of them by way of setting the tone for parables well what is that whole thing about Mm -hmm. that whole thing is about you have four different hearts right but only one is true wow but all of them all of them, at some form or fashion, right, receive the word, mm-hmm. but it's only one that proves to be a true. Uh, a, a, a true follower, yeah. and so uh, I mean, it, it's incessant. It's every book. The book of Hebrews confuses so many people, which is sad because it's really not that confusing in the end. Mm-hmm. But if you don't understand this reality about true followers and false followers, then it becomes really confusing. Yeah, but Hebrews is really clear. He's warning them. What he's warning the Jewish audience by which the author of Hebrews is writing to he's warning them don't apostatize don't turn away Mm -hmm. because they were being persecuted for the faith and they were thinking about going back to judaism or adding judaism to christianity so they wouldn't be persecuted and the writer of hebrews is like don't do that don't do that because once you do that you show that you don't truly believe and Mm -hmm. you've brought a shipwreck to your faith and 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 prove that you're not, uh, you know, a true follower of Christ. And then and then he says that scary reality in Hebrew six. What hope is there? And this is where Joshua Harris, I was telling my wife the other night, what hope is there for him? Mm. Because he has tasted, as Hebrew says, he's yeah. tasted, meaning he's preached on. He knows he knows in the sense of. He can visualize, he can understand the words, right? Mm -hmm. He doesn't know it in his heart, Mm -hmm. but he knows it mentally, right? He knows the truth, he's seen the truth, he's tasted, he's been around Christians, he's seen the work of the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. and he's turned away from that. And that's where Hebrews says, what hope is there to bring this person to repentance? When they Mm -hmm. reject the truth, which they've clearly seen so so vividly, so Mm -hmm. lucidly, there's no hope for them and uh and so that's a that's a scary reality and that's why those warning passages in uh, hebrews and in colossians one he does the same thing says the same thing if you persevere to the end you know and so uh yeah it's it's uh it's it's very sad but it's not surprising and this will not stop actually Mm -hmm. it'll get it'll it'll get worse and it'll get more as yeah. time goes on. Yeah. So
1: I was, the, the funny thing is you, you started talking about the, the, the warning passages. Mm-hmm. The, the first scripture that always comes to mind is first Corinthians 10, uh, verse 12. Therefore yeah. let anyone who thinks he, that he stands take heed lest he fall. Absolutely. And, uh, it, it's, it's ironic. The last couple of podcasts we have been talking about uh, the, uh, um, from the book passions of the heart and Dr. Street does a very, very good job of introducing us to idolatry and, in yes. the, you know, chapter 10, you know, the, the heading says warning against idolatry and going down there. It also, you know, it, it, it says take heed unless you fall. And then, uh, the, the one thing that I love or, or I, I would say, uh, uh, the the word of God is very, very clear about a lot of these things. Mm -hmm. And the hurtful thing that I've seen out of this whole Joshua Harris situation is that not only has he denounced Jesus, but also has denounced his word. Yeah. And with that, this is what happened. So uh, he put out a statement and it's online. I want to I want to get your thoughts on this gentleman. He wrote this. Um, This was his basically his uh, his his apostate period. But I specifically want to add this to the list now to the LGBTQ plus community. I want to say that I'm sorry for the views that I taught in my books. And as a pastor regarding sexuality, I regret standing against marriage equality for not affirming you and your place in the church. And for any ways that my writing and speaking contributed to a culture of exclusion and bigotry, I hope you can forgive me. The The sentence, I regret standing against marriage equality for not affirming you and your place in the church. That for me was like the, what? Yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. All all that, that's just a confession with a purpose. There's more to come for sure on that. He's just setting the stage for whatever he's going to do next. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's not a legitimate confession or even an apology that it literally is a pregnant, a pregnant uh, pause right he's mm-hmm. got purpose in what he's saying and yeah. that's that's how it's written that way that's what you do when you write that way so he there's more coming and that's all that is he's just setting the he's he's wetting the whistle for whatever it is he's he's coming and I don't know what that is but I I can guarantee you there's more to come yeah because that's literally what that is, what he's saying in that but the point again is is don't focus on him mm-hmm. because it's really not gonna be edifying focus on the word go back to the word go back to what we know to be true and 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 edify your heart in the midst of these discouraging times by way of watching people walk away from the faith and know that your faith is not in joshua harris right Mm -hmm. and this is where people struggle this is where the the hollywood superstar culture in christianity with superstar pastors or when your hope is and your faith is in your leader or whatever Mm -hmm. no no it's in christ Who has never left us, nor will he ever forsake us, Mm -hmm. who had never abandoned the faith, who never turned away. Right. That's why your focus and your hope has to be in Christ and his eternal word. Clearly, for Joshua Harris, that was not the case. Right. Mm -hmm. It was in something else, probably himself or whatever, or some of his leaders or whatever it was but for us it has to we have to always be focused on Christ we have to follow him follow his lead that's why Hebrews 12 in the same book of the warning passages where we're commanded right to uh, focus on the one who is the author and perfector of our faith mm-hmm. who for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning his shame and didn't quit mm-hmm. he never apostatized <laughs> he mm-hmm. never turned away because again we see this even in the uh um the 12 apostles right which I'll be preaching on this this Sunday I, I love the dynamics of the 12 apostles for so many reasons. But one in particular that I think is often overlooked, which is so helpful, is the dynamic paints a clear picture of the church. Within that group, you have a massive group of diverse men who are unified around ultimately one person and one purpose, and that is Christ and his praise. But within that group, you have what? A hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You have you have A wolf you have a goat, right? And I think even in, now there's reasons for that sovereignly in God's eternal plan and what Judas was and what Judas would do and all of that. And the scripture is clear. However, in the picture of that, you have a clear picture of the church as a mixed multitude, which Jesus said it would be. Wheat, tare, sheep, goat, uh, true believers, false believers. And even in the 12th, even in the twelve, and Jesus said that. He knew that from the beginning. I've chosen all of you, yet one of you is the devil. So he wasn't surprised. It was, again, all part of his sovereign plan. However, in the picture of that, that should be a reminder that if Jesus picks 12 and one of them proves to be a false follower, why, we, why should we be surprised? When we see that, and we see that with Paul had it, Peter had it, mm-hmm. you know, Simon Magus gets uh, baptized and he proves to be a false convert, right? Almost immediately. Mm. So, I mean, this, again, should not surprise us. It should sadden us, but it should not surprise us because the word is so clear. Now, back to what I was saying earlier, what should I response be? Shouldn't overreact at all. We should go to the Word and be encouraged by how clear the Word is. Mm -hmm. We should go to Christ and be encouraged by how our high priest, our leader, has not apostatized, Mm -hmm. right? He did not waver, and he had greater suffering and problems than anybody. Mm -hmm. But we should also, and you tapped on this a minute ago, we should also humble ourselves. Mm -hmm. Anytime we see something like this, it is a point of introspection, a point of, of humbling ourselves and considering our own life. And that's where second uh, Corinthians 13:5 is so helpful. right? Mm-hmm. There he is writing to this this immoral church who was struggling. And he, what does Paul say? Test yourself to see if you're in the faith mm-hmm. because and he says, I'm confident you'll pass the test, but you need to test yourself. Mm-hmm. You need to examine your heart to see if you truly believe. Why? Because, again, churches are filled with unbelievers. So this is a time for people to rightfully go, wow, I don't don't want to end up like that. I better examine myself. Have I truly repented? Have I truly confessed Christ? Have I truly denied myself, taken up my cross daily and following Christ? Have I died to my dreams, died to my my purposes, my vision, my my loves? And is it all about Christ? Because if it's not, you better go back and reexamine your heart with the gospel. And humble yourself if you have... Uh, trusted the gospel humble yourself and know that has nothing to do with you Mm -hmm. the only reason that you will stay faithful is not your perseverance it's christ's preservation of your faith Mm. right and so all joshua harris proved in this jesus didn't let go of him god didn't lose him all he's proven is that he had never truly repented and trusted in christ Mm. because had he done that this would never be happening yeah That's all that is. Mm -hmm. So you can't think for a moment that God lost one of his own because Jesus said that would never happen in his high priestly prayer. I've lost none of them and he will lose none that Mm -hmm. the father gives him. All Joshua Harris has proven is that he was never truly a believer because if he was, he would have persevered to the end. That's the promise of scripture.
1: Well, I have a very uh, interesting question to ask you, but we don't have time for it in this podcast. What we do have time for is for our uh, our deacon James Douglas to actually give us the gospel. And uh, when we come back next time, I'll I'll ask this question. So, James, if you will. All right. Uh, Gospel is
0: simple and complex, but we're going to give the simple version because we only have two minutes and 46 seconds. God (laughs) created everything. Um, All things are created by him, through him and for him and the for him is key because we were created to worship and to obey him and his commands um the first creatures that or people that he created Adam and Eve uh disobeyed his commands and uh from that point on generation to generation that sin is continuously passed down um this desire to please the self and we talked a lot about that on this podcast about uh heart idolatry deep down within all of us, we we want to please our own desires and not the desires of God. And so, by doing that, um, we separate ourselves from God. We we sin against God. And God being the creator, but also being holy and just, um, has to judge us for that sin, has, has to punish us for that sin. And that punishment is death. Um, and uh, being being that that punishment uh, is there and, and that we have to die for our sin and there's no way to, to satisfy that, that punishment in, in our lifetime, God in His love and His mercy uh, came to us in the form of a man, Jesus Christ, and lived a perfect life, uh, lived a righteous life, and <clears throat> died on a cross for us and, and uh, took the penalty for our sin uh, for us so that we uh, wouldn't have to. And um, now that we, we know that and we have that, uh, that, that gospel, we, uh, we now need to make a choice. Um, do we respond in faith or do we respond in, uh, in rejection? And so to respond in, in faith means that you repent of your sin and you confess your sin and you believe on Jesus and you follow him and you submit your, yourself to him to reject him means that you you walk away from anything that has to do with God and you continuously follow your own your own desires
1: amen thank you uh uh James i appreciate it this has been the truth talks podcast uh thank you all for tuning in and uh listening to what we have to say This big question is going to come up next, and I'm going to to ask uh, Pastor uh, about something, and uh, we're going to also talk about a few more things. Please subscribe to the podcast, and uh, please visit our Instagram page, The Truth Talks Podcast. Take care.
0: Delighting in the word, that we might walk in the truth.
2: A ministry of Belcroft Bible Church.